Hello, everybody. How are y'all doing? Today, we're going to be talking about the faith of Rahab. It's coming out of Hebrews 11:31, and then we'll jump over to Joshua 2. But 11:31 says, "By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies." So, first, we need to get some background to like how do we even get to Jericho? How do we even end up? At this point. So we're coming out of 40 years of being in the wilderness. The Israelites, they had an opportunity to go into the promised land. They were scared. They came back. God punished them for their unbelief. So they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Everybody that was in that generation passes away. Now it's a new generation. Even Moses didn't make it. There's a new leader. His name is Joshua. And God has tasked them with this mission of going into the promised land and taking over. First up, Jericho. This is where they're going to go. He sends two spies into the land, and they're taken in and hidden by a woman named Rahab. This in itself reminds me, when Rahab takes them in, she talks about how she's scared for her life because she heard about God, and it reminds me a lot about my own life. My own life, when I was out there just living my, doing my own thing. I was not your typical person. When, when you hear the stories, it's like, my life broke down. My life was in shambles. This happened. Everything fell apart, and I turned to Jesus. For me, it was kind of like the complete opposite. Everything that I put my hands to was turning to gold, kind of like King Midas. And I just was so happy and so excited about life. But then I had a bunch of things start happening a bunch of supernatural things, a bunch of circumstances that kept happening. And the most important thing, I became engaged with the Word of God. And when I engaged with the Word of God, something happened to me. I started to become very concerned about life and death. I started becoming very concerned about eternity. And when I started seeing who God was, and I started seeing who I was, everything that I thought was important in my life at that time started to dissipate. And I had one focus, one focus. That focus was, how do I get right with God? How do I get spared from what this Bible is telling me happens to people that are rebelling against God? So let's see how that plays out in the book of Rahab. I mean, the book of Joshua, uh, chapter 2. So it starts. It says, and Joshua, the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into a house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you and enter your, and entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, true, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land 
and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard the Lord, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, who had devo- whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you will also deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our life for, your, for yours, even to death, if you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. And then, then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, Go into the hills, and the pursuers, or the pursuers will encounter you, and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go on your way. The men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie a scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers, and all your father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to our oath that, we have, that you have made us swear. And she said, according to your word, so be it. Then she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. They departed and went into the hills and remained there three days until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers searched all along the way and found nothing. Then the two men returned. They came down from the hills and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and they told him all that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, truly, the Lord has given all the land into our hands, and also all the inhabitants of the land melt away before us. So, in review, <laughs> let's, let's think about who was Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute in an enemy city that was resisting God that Jericho was about to take over. She hides these spies. When she hides these spies, there's nothing in the text that tells me she knew for sure that this was going to go good for her. Matter of fact, everything in the text points to this could end very bad for you because the king is like, hey, let me, let me go and search this out. I heard there were spies here. What happens if the king finds these spies with Rahab and she said they just weren't there? She dies. What happens if these Israelites come down after the king is gone and say, well, we don't want any witnesses? She dies. What happens if she asks for mercy and they just say, that's not for us to decide. We're not going to give you mercy. We're going to leave. You just got to be out of here by the time we get back. She dies. There was much uncertainty at play and her showing this faith. She didn't know how anything was going to play out. 
This is the same thing with us as Christians when we do things by faith. When I want to share with somebody about my faith, it's much uncertainty. It's like, is this person going to knock my lights out or are they going to accept what I have to say? Are they just going to slander my name? Are they going to think I'm weird? Are they going to? We don't know. There's uncertainty with these things. There's also uncertainty with just regular life stuff. It's like, how, how is it going to look when I go for this job? If I try to get this job, am I going to get it? If I go to school for four years and acquire this debt, will I be able to get a job where I'm going to be able to pay this off? It's uncertainty. But we can't be frozen in a moment and not make a move. We have to move by faith. Also, we want to think about Rahab. She went against the grain of her entire city, right? In Hebrews 11, it said those in her city were disobedient. She chose to go against the grain of what what everybody else was doing. As a Christian in this world, it seems like every single thing I do (laughs) to obey God is going against the grain of this world. But it was in going against the grain that she was blessed, that a door of opportunity opened up to her. Also, think about this. Rahab was a prostitute. She was known as a sinner. She had a reputation. She had a lot of baggage that she was carrying around. But that didn't hinder her from showing faith in that moment. It didn't stop her from doing the right thing in that moment. So if you're in here today and you're loaded down by, man, the way I treated my kids this morning trying to get to church, that was not good. Man, what I, what I did at my job, the type of lifestyle I've been living, the way I've talked about God, man, I don't even believe in God. I'm just in here trying to check it out, and my life is wild. Don't let that keep you from hearing what I'm saying and responding in faith. Rahab didn't let that hinder her. She was able to move out and say, man, I believe that something, something good can come out of this. At least I'm going to try. I'm going to step out on faith. Actually, me being up here on the stage right now is by faith. I, I, I never preach. I just was given the opportunity. I said, all right, God, what would you do with this? But if I looked at everything that went wrong this week, all the mistakes I made, there's no possible way <laughs> that I would be up here talking to you. But I had to believe that God is forgiving and that God is going to help me. So next, let's think about how did Rahab even know? How did she even know to help the Israelites? Like, what was it that motivated her to do this? Let's look at verse 9. It says, And said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land Melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you and when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and the earth beneath. 
man, Israel was going viral. People heard. People knew what was going on with Israel. Like I said, it's been 40 years since Egypt. Still, people are talking about this. They're saying, what's going on with them? Like, I heard that they walked across the sea on dry land. That's crazy. They destroyed these two, these two kings. This is, this is scary. This is causing her to be afraid because she's looking at these two kingdoms that got destroyed. She's, they, they act just like us. They, they're doing the same thing as us. Like, God destroyed them. So this is causing fear to come upon her. And why? Because she heard. The word of God tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of Christ. Romans also tells us that how will anybody believe unless they hear, unless the gospel is preached, unless somebody is sent? So that poses the question, who have we told about how we came out of Egypt? When we came out of Egypt, when we came out of darkness, when God saved us and brought us out of our situation, brought us out of our sin, brought us out of that place that we were at and brought us into his family, into his marvelous light, who have I shared that with? For me, it's, it's very, very hard sometimes for me to share my testimony. I can say, imagine hearing this. Hey, yeah, I was um, seeing this light in the sky, and then I thought there was aliens, and then I watched this show that pointed to the Bible, and then I started reading the Bible, and now I believe in Jesus. It's like, that's pretty weird. Like, it's like, what? I'm not going to share that. Why would I put my, <laughs> what people think of me on the line? Because God is worthy. That's why God wants to get the glory out of your life. He saved you in a particular way because he knew that's how I'm going to get through to you. And the way that he got through to you may do what it did to Rahab. When these people heard these stories about God, what did it do? It made God real to them. God became tangible. He was no longer just a story. They was like, oh, man, like this is, this is the real deal. This is a real God. This is a real person. Um, so as we think about that, not only was it what happened 20 years ago, 15 years ago when I got saved, 10 years ago, two months ago when I got saved. But they also heard about the victories that they won since they came out of Egypt. So make sure that you're sharing those things as well. Share about how God brought you out of a situation, broke an addiction, saved a family member, provided for you when you didn't have what you needed. And for me personally, I got my car repossessed. On my own responsibility, right? But the next day, I got it back by God's grace. I didn't have the money. God got it back for me. There's no way that I get the glory for that. I only get the glory for losing my car. God got me back my car by his grace. And to tell the story in such a way that it does what Rahab did. Rahab didn't emphasize the Israelites. Like, the Israelites are so scary. We got to stay away from the Israelites. She said... Their God, man, he's with them. He's the God of heaven and of earth. It's evident that this is who he is. So as she is able to see this, right, as she sees that the Israelites are coming, it now makes her to think about some things. She's saying, all right, this is what God did to these other places. These spies are here. That means he's coming here. Judgment is coming 
here. It's coming to Jericho. And in the same way, this world that we live in is under judgment. It's under God's judgment. The Bible tells us that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Just look at Facebook. Look at the news. Look at, look at your own life. We've all fallen short of God's standard. God demands perfection. We, we're all, pre- that's, that's a term that we say all the time, right? Nobody's perfect, but that's not necessarily a good thing because God's standard is perfection. So when we find ourselves in this situation, it makes us do what Rahab did. What did she do? How can I get out of this situation? She started talking to these spies, like, how, how can we make this right? What can I do to get from underneath this judgment? Because I know who I am. Man, that's, that's what I had to do. When I was thinking about, I started seeing these things, these supernatural things. I started reading the word of God. I'm reading Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 and seeing what's going to happen to this promiscuous man. I'm like, that's me. I'm that guy. God said that he's going to punish that guy. That guy goes to hell. Like, oh, my. Like, this is my life. I became concerned for my life, and I understood that God could see me, not the person that my mom knew, the guy that's in college and just got out of the military, about to have a rap career. Everybody sees that guy, the guy that is doing well in school, that guy. But I know who I am. I know who I am on the weekend. I know who I am when nobody's around and I'm on the internet. I know who that person is. And then I also understand as I'm reading the Bible, God knows who that guy is. That they couldn't hide. Just like Rahab started to understand, like, I'm in these walls, but I don't think I can hide. I need salvation. I need to be able to get out of here. I need to get out of this situation. So what does she do? Let's look. She asked for them to, hey, I did this. Will, will, will you help me out? What, can, can we work out something? And in verse 21, she says, and she said, according to your words, so be it. Oh, so, so they, first of all, they made a deal with her, right? They said, we'll spare your life. What you need to do, though, is tie this cord in the window, yeah, you showed faith. You, you, you did this thing. You did this good deed. You helped your neighbor. But it's like, that's not enough. There's a particular thing that must be done in order for you to receive salvation. For her, it was this crimson cord. They say, put this crimson cord in the window. For us, the crimson cord still exists. That crimson cord is Jesus. Jesus is the one. He is the salvation. Listen to what they said. They said, everybody that's in this house, they're the ones that's going to be saved. But if you step outside of this house, if you're not inside this house when we come, that's not going to be on us. That's not going to be our fault. That's going to be on you. We gave you a means of salvation. So it's, it's like this. God in his mercy, because he loves us, sent Jesus. He sent them into this world where, where I was stating earlier, no one's perfect. God knew that. 
And in his mercy, he sends the perfect one. He sends his son to come and live the life that we could never live of perfection. Every misstep we made in life, he made the right steps. And when he gets to the end of his life, rather than saying, God, I did it. I lived a perfect life. I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to go in your presence because I'm the only one with the right to do that. Rather than doing that, he, lives a, he, he goes through a terrible death, wrath, not only being lashes on his back, not only being put on a cross, not only dying of exhaustion and strangling on his own weight of his body, something else happened. The wrath of God fell upon Jesus Christ. He was bared down with the sins of me, your sins, and everybody that would believe in him for all of time and all of history, all of that laid on him, and he takes it. He takes the judgment. He dies in our place. And not only that, that perfect life that he lived, he says, if you believe in him, that you will receive that righteousness. It's a trade-off. He says, hey, I'll take all of your missteps, all of your badness, all of your wickedness, and I'll take that wrath. I'll take that judgment. And in return, I'll give you all of my goodness, all that I've earned. I will give it to you, and you will be before God, not a sinner, not someone that needs to be cowering in the corner, but you can walk before him with the confidence that I have, that same confidence that he had, God, I did it. We can say, God, he did it. He did it, God. And that's, that's the beauty of the cross. But the thing is, is that you have to be in Christ. Just like she had, they had to be in the house, it wasn't enough to know about the crimson cord. It wasn't enough to have a crimson cord in the house or a Bible that's talking about the crimson cord. The, the cord had to be in the window. So let's see how, how did Rahab respond to this. In verse 21, she says, and she said, according to your word, so be it. Then she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When did she do it? Immediately. As soon as they told her, she said, all right, that's what I got to do? Okay, I'm doing it. She, she did it right there at that moment. She was, I'm engaged. This is the means to be salvation. This is how I'm going to live. This is how I'm going to make it through the situation. I'm taking advantage of that right now. She wasn't like me. She wasn't like me when I was younger, before I knew God. I didn't even know about God. I didn't know about Jesus. I didn't know the gospel. I didn't know any of these things. But in my mind, I had it set. I know I need to get right with God, but I'll do that when I get old. When, when I've done everything that I need to do, when I'm successful, when i got a family, when I'm ready to wind down, then I'll get right with God. But the thing is, is that who knows when you're going to die? We might be looking for the end of the world. Well, when Jesus comes back, it's going to be the end of the world. The end of your world can be today. You can die today. You can die of a heart attack right now in this room. You could leave here, get in your car, go off Winkler, and boom. Right there off Tremere, car crash, dead. That's the reality of this life. This life is frail. We don't know when it's time to go. And the thing is, is that that crimson cord, that invitation, that salvation is here 
right now. We want to be like Rahab. We want to show Rahab's faith. She said, the means right now, I'm going to do it. Rahab didn't say, well, when I see the armies down the street, then, then, then I'll tie it. When I can hear the footsteps, then I'll do it. When I see the signs, then, then I'll believe. That's not the type of faith she had. She had a, this is what I need to do. I'm going to do that. So let's see, let's see how, this story, how this story winds up. Let's go to Joshua chapter 6, starting at verse 15. There's some things that happened prior to this. Things are going on with Joshua, but one thing is that he encounters the commander of the Lord's armies. This commander says, hey, when you go into Jericho, what I need you to do is walk around it one time every day for six days. Then on the sixth day, I mean on the seventh day, what I want you to do is walk around it seven times. And when it's done, shout, and then you'll win. That takes faith. That definitely takes faith. So what we see right now is they've already walked around six times, and this is the seventh day. So let's read. It says, On the seventh day they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. But all Silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the walls fell down flat so that all the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Then they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys with the edge of the sword. But the two men who spied out the land, Joshua said, go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belong to her, as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought all her relatives and put them outside the camp of Israel. And they burned the city with fire and everything in it, only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and of iron they put in the treasury of the house of the Lord. But Rahab, the prostitute, and her father's household, and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Wow. Rahab, she's in Jericho. This wrath that was promised, this conquering that was promised, that really happened. Just like Jesus said, he's going to come again. And when he comes again, he's not coming as a baby. He's not coming in a manger. He's coming as a king of righteousness to judge in righteousness. 
And that day came. That day came for Rahab. And in that time, what she did was see that God is faithful. Right? God was faithful to his promise. He did what he said he was going to do. Those Israelites said, hey, if you use these means of salvation, when we come to destroy this city, you will be spared. This is what's going to happen. And as we just read, that is what happened. She was spared. Her life was not taken away. When we think about this, this judgment that is coming, that's coming upon the city, that we want to be in the house, but we got to think about, was it just Rahab? Was it just Rahab that got in the house? No. Rahab cared about her family, her mother, her father, her brothers, her sisters, her father's household. She cared about all of them. She had the task of telling them, hey, judgment is coming. Come get in the house. Get in the house with me. They told me this is the only way. This is the only way that we will be spared is if we are in this house. Who are we inviting into the house? Who are we telling judgment is coming? Come get in the house. Please be in the house. Care. Man, it's, it's so, sometimes we can get so enamored with everything that's going on that we can be so caught in the moment, even though we see so much destruction going on around us, even though we see the foundations of the world crumbling, Western world crumbling, Middle East crumbling, COVID rampant. It's like this is, if there was ever a time to be waking up, this is it. This is it. And God says, if you trust in me, if you look at this and you say, this ain't going to last forever. Might not end tomorrow, but it's going to end. My life is going to end. And how will I spend eternity? Will I spend it in the arms of a loving Savior or under the judgment of a righteous God? Those are the options. Rahab took this option. She was the one that was able to see and be taken in to the safety of God. when, When she came into this community, she was an outsider. When you don't believe in Jesus, you are an outsider. You're not in the know. But she was a prostitute, and now she's a part of the people of God. She's now in the family of God. She now becomes a part of them. And that's the same thing when you believe in Christ. When you believe in Christ, you become a new creation. You become adopted by God. This same God that had the judgment is now your father. What a transition. Like he's now in taking you in and loving you. So she was able to become a part of him. And now in, in the Gospels, Jesus talks about that. When you Believe and you turn from your old life, you may be considering all the things you're going to lose. Like, man, I could lose my job. I could lose my family because they don't believe. I could lose this or that. But Jesus says this. He says, anything that you've given up, mother, father, household, all those things, you will get a hundredfold with persecution. 
Yeah, there's going to be things that are going to be different now. People are going to resist what you say. People are going to resist your lifestyle and you living for the Lord. But he says you're going to inherit a hundredfold. So you don't just have one grandma. Now you've got a hundred grandmas. <laughs> More than just a brother, you've got a thousand brothers all over the world, a unit. Some people go through all this stuff to get in a fraternity. They go through all this stuff to get in a sorority. Jesus said that when you believe in him, you are part of the biggest fraternity sorority in the entire world. It's a crazy network of people that have this spirit with God and will walk this journey out with you. So we see what happened to Rahab. And to go back and just finish out my story from the beginning, man, I came into seeing, like, man, my life is fragile. I need to have God in my life. So there were many things that happened that made me aware of my sin. I started reading the Bible. I started, like, hearing these things. It's 2011, so 2012, the world's supposed to end. I'm frightened. May 21st, 2011, Jesus was supposed to return. It was so many things that had me frightened on edge. But God uses all things for his good, even a false prophecy. He used that to make me aware of what is still true. I'm going to die. And through that, I became very, very depressed because I couldn't come to terms with this decision. I couldn't make the decision. Like, man, I got to give up everything. I'm about to receive all of my dreams. I worked hard for this. You telling me I need to turn from this in order to live? I was in a very depressed place where I was thinking about suicide. That night that I was thinking about doing it, my aunt calls me. She calls me, and I don't remember the rest of the conversation, but I do remember this. She says, Jesus loves you three times. And after she said that, something in my mind clicked. And I said, what have I done? All that I had been doing became real to me. I've been doing all this in the face of God. God seen everything, and I was terrified. But at the same time of being terrified, I then felt the most love that I ever felt in my entire life because this same God that was going to judge me now loves me because I've trusted in his son. It's bewildering to me. To the, the range of emotions that I felt in that moment. But in there, I seen that there was salvation to be had. I just had to make use of the means that were there. God calls us to repent, turn from your wickedness, turn from the things that displease God, turn to his son, believe on his son, believe that it's not you living a good life, it's not you being a good citizen. That's going to get you into heaven. Rahab saved the spies. But it wasn't just that. She had to put that crimson cord in the window. God says, if you want to live, you must believe on Christ. Put your trust in what he's done. (sighs) Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to just share your word. God, I just ask that your, your word would go forth, that anybody that doesn't know you, that is feeling dirty, that is feeling inadequate, that is feeling like, how could I possibly come to this God? How could I possibly come 
to a God of such holiness that you would melt away those fears as they see your son, the means of salvation, and that they would trust him and believe on him. And God, I pray for your people that you would encourage us in these days that are getting more and more weird, more and more hard, and more and more pressure upon us, that you would help us to be faithful, to share who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.